from Residents of Meeple Town. This is Dean. Johnny Hype. And today we are going to be doing a review of Tapestry. Then we're going to be giving our top five casual two-player only games. So thanks for joining us for episode number 24. Residents of Meeple Town, if you were here right now, you would see Dean. No, what? No, you wouldn't see Dean. Dean is not here right now. Do you know why you're not here right now, Dean? <laughs> it doesn't work that way. <laughs> because you leaved. You leaved the room. You know why you leaved the room? I really have no idea. Because it's fall. I, you leave the room. You, oh, that one took me a minute. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I've been planning that all morning. Are you serious? Yeah, all morning. Actually, not all morning, but for the last couple... I was sitting out on the deck, uh, and I was sitting there, I saw the leaves falling a little, because it's getting to be fall, and I thought, Dean's going to leave the room, but then I can't say it how you... If you've already left the room, that wouldn't be funny. So would you say when that happened that that automatically made you think of that? Nailed it. I just got to give that to you. Thanks, I got to give that one to you. Thank you. And mm. thank you, Meeple Town. I'm out. <laughs> That's it. You really did leave the room. You know why I'm Johnny Hype, by the way? Yes. I do, actually, because we talked about it on the show. Yeah, that's why I said, we, yes, sorry. Hype for typist, tape, typistry. <laughs> hype for typistry. There's so much hype around tapestry. Dude, there is this new game out, and it's all about learning how to keyboard, and it's called Typistry. It's <laughs> amazing. And it's so fun. The thing is, we drew in all these people to listen to, to us talk about tapestry, but we are... We yeah, created a generic... We baiting and It's switching. our spinoff. <laughs> It's called Typistry, and it's coming to Kickstarter next week. It's going to be amazing. It, yep, it is. Yes, it's because... Tapestry. That's why. Everyone is so hype on this game. Yep. Is it? Is it really worth it, Town? Should we all get on the hype train, or should we be getting off the hype train? That's why I'm Johnny Hype. Let's see. <laughs> Except we're not going to see right now, because we're going to do that when we actually get to the review of Tapestry. That's true. But we are going to do a poll. And so this week, uh, the poll was based actually on our top 50. We've been, we did our top 50 for several episodes. We actually released the video for the last, for the top 10. It took a little while. I don't know why it took a little while. Do you know, Dean? I don't. To have the video released? Nope, I don't. It wasn't my fault. Dean it took John's for a million fault. years. Yeah. Yep. It took me a while. We'll move on from that. <laughs> My bad. I just want to put I just wanted to put you out there like that. No, I'm just kidding. It doesn't matter at all. Uh, Dean's been really busy with a lot of work stuff, so I appreciate him as a friend and a um, what is the co-host that's lower than the host called? Your boss. That's uh, just no. say. All right, so let's actually get. I get off on bunny trails often, do I not? Yep. Okay, so it was based on that top fifty list, and I just started thinking, what were some of the prominent designers that were on that list and some of the designers that Dean and I really like. So I thought, hey, which game designer from this list do you most enjoy? And on Twitter, we're only allowed to have four on there. So I listed Eric Lang, Alexander Pfister, Jamie Stegmeier, and especially with Tapestry coming out, thought might as well need to throw him on there, and Stefan Feld. So Dean, did you see the end result of this poll or no? Uh, no, I didn't see the final results of this. So, who I do you think 
<clears throat> excuse mm-hmm. me, came in first. Now, I, I believe that the tie was broken at the last second. Um, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that we that it was tied. I know it was tied for a long time, and I thought, oh, no, here we go again. Here's another tie, and someone actually broke it. So I'm surprised at who won. Not I'm not uh, – I understand why, but I'm just surprised. Yeah, so if you if you would have asked me this – now, I did see part of it. I kind of wish I didn't see any of it because if you were just asking me having not seen it, I would have guessed Stefan Feld would have been mm-hmm. the top okay. one on there. You're sh- you're shaking your head as if Stefan Feld was the number one on He's there. He's not. Oh, okay. I'm just shaking my head in agreement with um, you. You know when Dwight learned how, I to, saw it, but, how uh, to speak and listen to people and he just <laughs> nodded his head up and down? John's got this really creepy right smile now. on right now. <laughs> Stop it. All right, so um, I, I do know that Eric Lang was not the top of nope, the list. Not even close. And apparently Stefan Feld was also not the top of the list. So I'm going to guess either Fister or Stegmeier <laughs> was at the top of the list. Wow. Okay, here's my guess. All right. I'm, I'm going to guess between those two, Stegmeier was number one. But I don't have anything to go off of other than the fact that there's so much hype around tapestry, tapestry. right now. I'm wondering if that maybe. Skew Pushed votes? him over the edge. Maybe, but I don't know. Is is that right? You're did right. One, you one? did. I think that I would agree yeah. with your reasoning, man. Yeah. Excellent. I think that that's the. I think that's the case. I mean, but you have to think that, like. Oh, what, by the way, not that not that he's a bad designer. No, let me, let me say that. But that's, you know, the, here's the thing about Stegmeier is he hasn't come out with a million games. Sure. He hasn't come out with as many as Feld. So you have people that are so passionate, like you and I are, about scythe. They're really passionate about viticulture. Um, not maybe not as many people uh, about. Um, What's that game? Uh, Euphoria. Oh, okay. Euphoria. Oh, I like you. No, I know. I know. There's a lot of people that like it, though. I'm not saying. But I'm saying, like, those two are... So, like, if you get people that are passionate about those, and then you add a tapestry that people are super hype on, maybe that's, like, the trifecta where they're like, okay, now I can really say, I love this guy. Yeah, that's you know, probably right. That may, that may be a piece in... And, um, yeah. So, who is so your favorite... what was the order of that? It was... Okay, that's a great question dean i should have answered thanks, that one thanks john <laughs> that's why we have each other's back <laughs> i didn't vote on this one either by the way i usually do but i did not on this one that's why i have a lesser co-host <clears throat> on this podcast jamie got 40 percent fister got 38 percent oh wow so they they were the two that they were tied wow that really broke. surprises me it was 39 39 and then someone ended it at the end um but yeah i i think Actually, then, it's kind of funny. Like we got, we, there's one comment. Me- Meeple Overboard made a comment here that says, um, "Interesting tie. Uh, those are my two preferred designers of the bunch." So he, those are his two favorites as well. The third place would have gone to Feld with twenty percent. I'm a little surprised by that. Yeah. Um, we may have more of an audience that I don't know. I'm just wondering if Meeple Town is maybe not as Euro heavy as because we have. A, I don't know. Uh, no, I think that's wrong. That, because if Eric Lang is at the bottom of the you're list, right. he's, is, he's is super the more Euro. Ameritrash you're right. than any of those. You're right. I, you just crushed um, me. Yeah. But here's the thing. I, I typically, you know, when we do these polls, a lot of times we feel like Meeple Town kind of gravitates towards what, like what I would vote on that. It seems like the things that I vote more often win. <laughs> now, that's not me like tooting my own horn, although I am... No, you're, he's physically moving his hand up and down right now, pretending to toot his own horn. <laughs> but in this case, I was dead wrong. And I, I don't know who my favorite is of those, but what I noticed when I was doing my top 50 games is that Eric Lang had like four games in the top 11, I think. 
He got three percent. He had he, he probably had one person vote for him on this poll. Yeah, and it wasn't me. So whoever that person is, I, I feel you. I'm telling you, that's you. that's I I was stunned by that. That was the most shocking part of this whole poll. Now he's my least favorite on this, me personally. But I mean, I do know that there are a lot of people like you that really like him, and I was I was really shocked that it he didn't at least get ten to fifteen percent of the vote. Yeah, but. I'm outraged. <laughs> that that he wasn't the first one picked, but I really enjoy all I these onk. designers. So, you want to hear my what Did my you get order that would one? be? I onk. Yeah, is that no. does that even work? No, it doesn't. It kind of does. No, you want me to edit that out? That makes you look ridiculous. No, I think that it is that my puns are as um I can't. What's the word for it? Consistent as the rising sun. You know. Oh, okay. That's better. That's much better. Okay, Why so can I, I think of Rising Sun, but I couldn't think of the word consistent? <laughs> oh, dummy, dummy John. Oh, I was going to say, gosh. let's rank these ourselves. However, we would like to potentially do a... We will. Let's not top, potentially. Okay, we will. We'll do a top five designers at some point. And I would imagine all four of these would be somewhere on those lists. I would guess. That's just a... A pretty good chance that you or I would have... Yes. Like a combination of our list Correct. would have I think all four I think I think so. I okay. think for sure. So there we go. Do you want to talk about some hey, I meant to say this before we talk about some games we've been playing lately. Like Norris joke. we no, whenever we finished the um you know, we were doing the top fifty or whatever, and remember whenever I said there's a troll out there that keeps thumbing down a video on the first two? It never happened again. Maybe the troll listens to Meeple Town and thought Maybe I should be nicer and not thumbs down their Wait, videos. Wait, would you listen to somebody that you thumbs down all the time, though? I, it, I don't know. But why did it happen after I said it? Okay, but now that Conspiracy you said Conspiracy theory. Now that you said it again, we're going to start getting thumbs down on every video. Please don't. Please don't. Hey, in fact, since you brought that up, Meeple Town, we would love for you to thumbs up our stuff. And mm-hmm. I just I do want to take a minute. We've been talking about this, that we would... We really want to encourage you guys because we want to continue to grow our community uh, through you know through the podcast, YouTube, and we have been. We've been getting a lot of really good reception for what we're putting out there. Um, but it would help us a ton if you would pause your podcast right now, go write us a review. Um, it could that you know would be awesome. Give us a star, one star, five star, whatever you feel like we deserve. Five, five Any, star, Dean. I mean, if they don't want to give us five stars, they don't have to, John. They don't have to, but. <laughs> It'd be nice if they. I mean, I mean, I guess I'm saying the guy if, who thumbs down. If you us, don't like it and it's a one star, it'd be nice if you just decided not to review. <laughs> okay, you could do that. That's all, all right. I'm thinking. But if we get some less than five stars, that's okay because it, it gives us, you know, some some more uh, more people that are yeah. listening to us, I guess, and our in our reach gets bigger. But also, you know, telling people about us, subscribing to us on YouTube and all that, it really does help us a lot. And and to be honest with you, you know, we're doing this for free. Um, it gives us a boost, you know. We know that people like what we're putting out there. It helps us out a lot. So, I think that is great. All right. Now, so, what have we been playing? Do you want to go first? You want me to go first? Uh, yes. <laughs> you can go first. How about you go first? I am happy to go first. All right. I haven't played the game that you've played, so I want to hear about. That's it. a good point. We can the game that you've played. We've talked both played. Okay. Yeah, I know what you're doing. Okay. So, um, I have played a game. That is by uh, Richard Garfield, the new game by Richard Garfield. Uh, Amigo Games, thank you very much, sent me this. I was really excited to see it, and that is um, to see it in the mail and then play it, is Carnival of Monsters. I was pretty um, I was pretty interested in this game. 
I haven't played Magic in a long time. I don't know if I would even like Magic. Or I might think it's amazing. I have no idea. I played Magic in high school. So that was 20 Like a Magic set? Is that what you're talking about? Like you you (laughs) got a little Magic set? I pulled a bunny out of my hat regularly. Okay. That's what I did. I played Magic the Gathering Okay. uh, about 20 years ago. So I can't really give an opinion on whether I think it's amazing or maybe not. Um, I have no idea. Anywho, I like King of Tokyo. Don't love King of Tokyo. Like King of Tokyo, I really you, like. You King really of Tokyo. like it. I like yeah. it. Mm-hmm. I definitely do. It's it's definitely a really great gateway game. We just hoot and holler and roll dice and attack. It's fun. Mm-hmm. I, I quite enjoy that game. So I was thinking, okay, let's see what this uh, Carnival of Monsters game is like. And in Carnival of Monsters, it is like a classic drafting game. Um, it has, from my understanding, because I hardly even remember um, Magic, but like it's kind of got a similar feel to the mana system, uh, from my understanding. But basically, you're taking cards, you're just literally drafting them, like Seven Wonders or anything else. You're putting lands out and then based on your land points your cards may have a, a, a the darkness land may be worth one point or two points or whatever um, you are able to capture monsters of certain levels based on how many uh, land points you have so if I have uh, five evergreen or forest I can't remember what it's called land points out there then I can capture a level five monster or I could capture a level two and a level three whatever and what you're doing is you're collecting these monsters to put them in front of the great uh, I don't know if it's royal society, but some kind of society that goes around and looks at monsters. Um, <laughs> so, that's what you do. That's a weird theme. I I think it's kind of cool though. <laughs> I think it's neat. Like that's it. Like you're literally it's capturing unique. monsters and you're you're displaying them in front of the society. And society uh, gives you more points or whatever, I guess. Or think if you have better, more unique monsters, more dangerous monsters, and stuff like that. So it's not total only drafting. Like there is a part in the game where you roll dice for danger after you draft all your cards. Some of them have danger symbols, and you're rolling dice and uh, trying to prevent the dangerous ones. You having to pay money or something like that. But um, I thought like I was so hype on this. I'm not so hype. I was excited to see this game. I wasn't so hyped. I was excited to play this game, and I was really hoping that it would just be amazing. And I've seen, like, mixed reviews on it. That's one of the reasons that I was, like, not so hyped, because I was kind of like, okay, let's see what this is what this is like. I've seen people say that it's amazing. I've seen people say it's just okay. And I really wanted to like it. And as I'm playing through the game, like, I'm having a great time. I really am. Like, I think it's cool, because one of the interesting things about this game that would be different than maybe a Seven Wonders is that, which is what I also don't like about it, but I'll, I'll explain that in a second, is that you have this big uh, deck of cards and you can keep a card without playing the card, but it costs you money. So, like, you can't, you don't just get stuck. I mean, you could say, all right, here's a monster that cost 10 land points. It's not going to cost that much, but a lot of land points. I don't have that many right now, but I could put it in my keep and pay a coin for it, and then maybe at the end of the game, I could capture this monster for 15 points. It would be awesome. I like those decisions. Do I get a bigger one now? Do I wait? But the problem that the game has in my and that is a challenge for me is that multiple times I got to the last season, which is like there's four seasons in the game, kind of like three eras of Seven Wonders. I got to the last season, and my wife and I are sitting there playing, or we're playing with my son, and a ton of these land cards come out. Which, if you've seen, played something like Seven Wonders, that would be like resources. And you're like, I you want to do them. something with them. Right. And it's just like, it was really like, it was honestly, the game was so fun. And then multiple times that happened, it was so anticlimactic at the end. I was like, oh, I want to like this so much. 
Um, but I know that people have different opinions on it. But I, it, for me, I would have rather had – I know it's cool to have that big stack, but I would. I guess I would have rather had eras or seasons, like cards in different ones, simply because to prevent that from happening at the end. Maybe that's not everybody's experience. I mean, my experience with monster hunting is that when you go out, you don't know what you're going to find. You know, it's not like if I go out in three years, I'm de- I'm definitely going to find yeah. larger monsters, right? Yeah. Um, but, I mean, that's real-life experience, and you're talking about a board game, so... What what real life monsters have you captured? Or have you not been able to capture? I don't any want yet? to talk about it. It's <laughs> that's classified. It's information. a new hobby I'm getting into. But so I so look forward the, to the to the monster capturing podcast coming out soon. Thematically, I guess that does make sense. It right? makes sense. I wanted to love it. Yeah, I want to play with you because you maybe you'll have it. I have now. I have had some experiences where that didn't happen. But it's so disappointing when I get to the fourth season. I'm like hype and we're ready to go, and then it just kind of yeah. Because when you when you do say it, when you compared it to Seven Wonders, I imagine you know what if you played a game of Seven Wonders and all the the age cards were just mixed together, that would not be a very good experience. I think. Well, I don't know. I've never done it. But so it's, maybe I mean, <laughs> the interesting part is being able to keep cards. Like imagine not having to play it in the like. Imagine having a Seven Wonders card that required a bunch of resources you don't have, sure. but you could keep it for later. Like one of the purple cards, the guild cards at the mm-hmm. end, and go, oh, I can play this at the end of the game, so I'm going to take it now. But then you're also not taking the, the resources that you need for this round. You know what I mean? Sure. So like, I love those decisions, but it just didn't play out as smoothly as I would I would like. Now I'll say this: um, two things. I think Tom Vassell had a similar experience. I remember, I think I went and watched something where he had he had said a similar experience as, as I did. Um, but I I did get a comment from old Mike Fitzgerald. The designer of diamonds, one of my the designer of baseball highlights, baseball and soon to come football highlights, who we hugely respect, and he 100% disagreed with me, and he said he loves the one huge stack. So I want to say that because there's different opinions, right? Yeah. And and I and he said that it's a top favorite for him. Um, for me, uh, you can watch my video, but I I gave it a a, a decent score. It's not a bad game, right? It's just that issue really burned me. And so it, it could have been a great game to me. Yeah. But maybe you'll think it's a great game. So I think it's worth checking out. Yeah, I, I really want to play this. Now, you had it set up in the studio when I came in one day, and I was like, wow, that looks really cool. Dude, I love, the art's cool. Yeah. It looks cool. I, wa- I mean, I wanted it to be like an eight and a half. I want it to be one of my favorite drafting games is what I wanted it to be. And it it's a game where I will play it still. Yeah. I will play it. My wife enjoyed it. It's simple enough to teach. But it's just um, it's just a, it's a, it's an okay game, decent game. But not great for me, my personal taste. Yeah, maybe at some point, uh, if I can get a chance to play it, I've just been so busy. But if I can get a chance to play it, I, I might come back on and have a different uh, opinion. Yeah, that would be Who awesome. Knows? Yep, we'll see. But a game that we both got to play recently, we did a a YouTube video of this that will be releasing pretty soon. It should be out by the time this episode's out. Oh, I for sure. Imagine. I will. Yeah, it'll be um, out for the episode. That is uh, Freshwater Fly. This is by Bellwether Games, and they sent us a review copy of this. Now, Freshwater Fly is one that I was really enamored at during the Kickstarter, and mm, I really, yeah. really contemplated getting this one uh, throughout that whole campaign because I love the theme. I like to fly fish. I don't do it very often, but but it's my favorite way to fish. And uh, the, the mechanics seem kind of cool. But basically, this is a, a dice drafting game. So you're rolling dice and going back and forth if you're playing a two-player game, going around the table. Uh, in, in larger people, you're taking one die and you're going to be using the, the pip total on that die to, at first, cast, yeah. right? And you're going to try to catch a fish with that. And there's a... Kind of a mechanic where you're flipping cards over 
and uh, or flipping a card over to catch the fish. If you miss it, it might drift down. And you know, there's different, I don't know, different ways to to mitigate that. But that's the gist of it to catch a fish. But then you're also going to be drafting a die on you, you know, on a later turn, and that's going to be reeling the fish in. And that's kind of a, a cool mechanic where, depending on where you land on that little rondelle. Yeah, it's going to give you a different action or a resource or something like that. So you have to think about, you know, do I want to reel the fish in quickly or do I want to maybe, you know, slow play it so I can gain some resources or, or gain different advantages. And um, so that, that's kind of the gist of it. It's the first one to, to seven fish wins. And the way that you score is total set collection. It could be different. You know, you're trying to collect different sets based on what your board is, but you're you're still just set collecting. Yeah. And this is a game that I, like you did for Carnival of Monsters, I wanted to love this game, and I really, really enjoy the mechanics of the game, but the overall feeling of the game for me wasn't um, wasn't what I had hoped for. It's a good game. I, yeah. I still I still really enjoyed it, and I, yeah. you know, I, I had a lot of fun with it, but I think it just wasn't as... <laughs> It wasn't as exciting as I feel like it could have been. And I know it's a fishing game, but, you know, there is a lot of excitement. Fishing is exciting, Dean. (laughs) I thought there was excitement in kind of catching the fish, although you most of the time will catch a fish. Yeah, it just may not be the one that you really want. Right, right. That's exactly right. And so that part wasn't as exciting as I would have liked it to have been. And the mechanics were really fun. And then the set collection part just didn't really do it for me. Yeah. So if you take the mechanics of the game and then maybe change out the you know the the end game for me, I think I would have liked this a lot better. But as it mm. were, it was a fun game. I enjoyed it. Yeah, you know, whenever I'm getting games or we're able to get review copies, which we're super happy about, there are certain games I'm really excited about, and this was one of them. Like yeah. I was really hyped that they sent me um, a copy. Bellwether sent a copy of this, uh, and I was super excited because I remember the Kickstarter as well coming out, thinking, "Man, I was mulling over getting it." And I think the production is through the roof on this, by the way. Yes. Uh, the, everything, yeah. the the pieces are awesome. I have very, like, nothing really to complain about. Um, I think that it looks so beautiful out on the table. And I think that when I first started playing it, it was really fun. Like, it was, it was fun to hook fish. It was fun to reel them in. Um, I do agree with Dean that it, I think it's a little too easy to hook a fish, I feel like. I wish it would be a little bit more a little bit harder um it'd feel a little bit more real realistic if it was a tad bit harder than the way than what it is but it could drag (laughs) it could drag on yeah a little bit longer um drag on like it were you making that pun yeah no i was absolutely making the pun okay and i just ruined it it just happens pointing it out yeah okay but i agree with you like uh it feels like it um kind of overstays its welcome a little bit like i feel like i'm doing the same thing over and over and over and over and over again and so when i start a game i'm usually really into it and excited but by the end i'm ready for it to end yeah i'm kind of like okay like so i wish either they would have had something that ramped the game up um something changed over the course of the game maybe there were storms or some kind of things that came and affected the way that you were trying to catch the fish which mixed the game up Mm -hmm. though it would make it more complex um so maybe they were not going for that that or even just ending it sooner like but then the problem with ending it sooner is that you wouldn't be able to potentially um do more as much set collection because there wouldn't be and that's probably that's probably what they were wrestling with in the game like if it was just a 30 minute game like that it would definitely be rated higher for me. Yeah, but you would have to change the end game. Like but you have you to said. change the end game and a lot of the pieces to it. But I still think it's a, it's definitely a fun game. Um, and I mentioned even on the YouTube video, like I'm going to keep it in my collection because what a cool theme. 
what a cool way if I have people that love to fish like myself. I, I used to fish all the time. I don't any, as much anymore, not hardly anymore. But you have someone that loves to fish, bring them in, and you can hook them on this game. Oh, gosh. Yeah, have Do you have a list of puns over there? That no, you're... they flow. They're like out of my pores. <laughs> they pour out. <laughs> I'm telling you, did you just, again. Yeah, I got it. I got it. Yeah. Again. It's just flying it's, right out. <laughs> that's good. It is. They are. They are. But uh, again, I think that it's a good game, a solid game. I think a lot of people are going to really like this game. Yeah, I think Especially so if you really enjoy set collection. This may be like a huge, a great game for you. I think it's a good game. Not a great game, but still fun, and I'm going to keep it in my collection very much. And I'm very glad that I, I'm glad that I have it. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what we've been playing lately. Why don't we go on to our our overview and review of Tapestry? Tapestry is a one to five player game published in 2019 by Stonemeyer Games. The designer is Jamie Stegmeyer, and the artists are Andrew Bosley and Ron Brown. This is for ages 12 and up and plays in about 90 to 120 minutes. In Tapestry, players are going to be taking on the role of a civilization, and they're going to be building up their civilization to have the most points after the end of five eras. And gameplay is pretty simple, so you are going to either move a space up on a track one of the four tracks on the board or you're going to be taking your income phase and i'll kind of explain how that flow works but to start the game off you're going to uh, receive your income you're going to get one of each of the four different types of resources then you're going to take an exploration tile and you're also going to take a tapestry card and once you've done that on your turn you're going to move up on one of the four tracks there is a military track there's a science track a technology track and then you also have the exploration track and I'll, I'll just kind of give you a general idea of what each of those tracks does the exploration track once you move up spaces on those you're going to be doing different actions such as gathering a, an exploration tile you might be playing an exploration tile onto the main map and when you do that you'll gain the resource that is on that tile and so that's kind of the gist of that. Once you get towards the higher end of that exploration track, you're going to be doing things like exploring into space, but that's only if you get to the very end of it. Once you have been exploring on the board, you might want to conquer territories, and that's where the military track comes in. So the military track, as you're moving up on that, you're going to be conquering different territories, and those will give you victory points and different things throughout the game. Now, after you have conquered a territory, you're going to roll the military dice and take one of the... Uh, sides from those dice. One's going to give you victory points, the other one's going to give you resources. Uh, but that's a great way to, to move up in, in points and in resources as you roll those dice. Another track that you can go down is the science track. And now the science track, for the most part, lets you move up on other tracks. So what you're going to do is when you move into these spaces on the science track that have the green 12-sided die symbol, you're going to roll that die and if it has an X, you're just going to move up the space of the track that you rolled without taking the benefit of it. Now if you have a space that doesn't have an X on there, then you're going to be able to take whatever action is listed on that track that you just moved up. So it allows you to move up the tracks faster with also potentially taking more actions. Another track is the technology track, and this is where you're going to be getting invention cards. And invention cards are going to be beneficial for giving you different resources and points or uh, being able to do different actions. So the, all the different technology cards do different things. Now, at the start of the game, I mentioned that you have this map, so that's the, the main board, but each player is also going to have 
their own three boards, and those are the civilization boards, the income mat, and then the uh, the capital city mat. So your civilization mat is the one that's going to determine what your special abilities are. So if you're the futurist, for example, you you'll take that mat and it'll say that you start farther on on the tracks. On all four tracks, you'll start farther than anyone else. Or if you have the merrymaker track at the start of the income phase you'll be able to move up on these different tracks that will give you resource and different benefits so each one of those civilization mats are play out very differently you also have your income mat that keeps track of your income of your different resources and the buildings that you have that are going to be going out onto your your capital city mat now the capital city mat is the the kind of the polyomino tetrisy uh aspect of the game so as you're receiving taking your buildings off your income mat and gaining bigger buildings from the main board as you are getting those they're going to go into your capital city and you're going to be filling up the spaces in there so that you can gain victory points for however many filled columns and rows that you have and those points will come into play during that income phase and now the gameplay of this is is very simple you are just moving up on one of those tracks or taking an, an income ending your era and starting a new income phase. It's a really simple, but the, the choices that you make can be very difficult. Now, I didn't get into the tapestry cards, but I'll, I'll mention those briefly because that's the name of the game. But as you start your income phase, you're going to be placing tapestry cards out on your board, and these will either give you a, a one-time benefit immediately, or they'll change the rules to benefit you for that specific era that you're in. But that's essentially how the tapestry cards work. And that's going to do it for the overview. Let's get back and see what Dean and John think of Tapestry. All right, so you have heard us talk about different Stonemeyer games in the past, Meeple Town. And so when Tapestry was announced and the pre-order, you know, the, all the, the previews started coming up, the preview videos and all these designer notes that Jamie was posting on their website, I was getting just jacked about this game and so when the pre-order went up i was like at the office you know doing the doing the refresh button on my computer just just itching to get this game and you know what we got it you got it we got it is it worth the hype that's the real question but we should probably talk about our components let's, first. let's do that because i mean there's nothing i like more than to string things out and have some nice tension <laughs> what do you think about the art and components john the buildings are phenomenal. I and again, there's the argument which we could or could not get into. <clears throat> can a game be overproduced? Um, I don't think a game can be overproduced. I, I just, I'm just going to dive into that argument. By the way, I think that you're going. You don't think it can? Okay, that's I think another I don't think it can be overproduced, but I think that you're going to. Because I think you can do whatever the heck you want to do. Oh yeah. If you want to make a Tesla, make a Tesla. But you have to recognize you're going to miss part of the market that's going to say, I can't pay that much money for sure. the game. So that's what I say. I I, I think you, nah, it doesn't have to, if that's your game, go for it. But you are going to miss part of the people. Um, so I think the buildings are amazing. I think the art on the faction cards and, and on the box and stuff is really good. I think the art on the board is okay. Yeah, you know what's funny though? When I watched some of the preview videos of this beforehand, I was like, that is... I, I don't know if I said ugly, but I was like, that just does not look good. But then when I sat down with it, my own copy at the table, 
it looked better than what I, you know, initially thought. But I'm with you. I don't. I don't. Think I agree it's great. with that. I thought the same thing. I think. It, I think they kind of wanted to go for. I've mentioned this to Dean, like an E and O tool, like kind of modern, kind of clean look, especially because there's four tracks going around it. So there's a there's a lot kind of going on on that board, and I think they were trying to make it look as clean as possible. But in so doing, the artwork is just not that cool. Sure, it's okay. It's functional. You know, but the buildings are amazing. Yes, yeah, I I totally agree with that, and I and I and the cards on the art, and the art on the cards are great, and the box and all that. I I agree with that. I think it's it's great. I I honestly think you're in some ways, if you're looking at something like that's wrong with the components, you're almost nitpicking. Yeah, I I think if I remember right, Jamie made this challenge to say, you know, I challenge you to 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 upgrade this game to make it better than what it is and i know that people will you know the the cubes that go around the track i'm sure people are going to make those look like something like they did for wingspan yeah um and i'm sure people are going to do the acrylic trays for your uh for your boards you know i'm sure things like that are going to happen but it's you're you're really nitpicking i yeah, think with I everything now i will say that this is a very personal thing this did not bother John. I don't think it bothered John at all, but it did me. The linen finish on your player boards, where you're sliding your little uh, I liked resource, it. your your income track, yeah, uh, where you're sliding your um, little resource tokens on there. If they're flipped on the on the side that's that has the little you know the little notch, it kind of scrapes across the board. <laughs> and for me, it feels like somebody is running their fingernails across a blackboard. <laughs> it's just. It got me, but then you just flip the tokens over and you're fine. But, but then you're putting them in True the box that. and your like nails accidentally scrape on it. I don't know that. Just I'm thinking about it right now and it, it makes my whole body cringe. I I'm fine with it. Like I, I thought that it helped the pieces to stay there. It did. Which I mean, so I I like it. Um, yeah, it did. It did. Oh, and you're shuffling them up and it does the same. <laughs> okay, I'm I'm gonna stop. But the the linen finish was too much on the boards for you for my taste. Yep. Yes. There you go. Well. But, Hey, should should I don't know? Let's go. Let's just do gameplay. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I was gonna I was gonna go somewhere, and I'm like, let's just go there later. John likes to chase rabbits. That's All right. It. So the so gameplay. is it worth the hype? Here's the thing, Dean. Come on, man. Is it, you're on, you were on the hype train. You couldn't wait to get it. You bought it immediately. You were one of the first. You were probably one of the first persons that purchased it to get it. Yep. Really quick. Yep. All right. All right. So you remember when I said I think. I've talked about this a couple times. I know I talked about when we talked about Gentis that I really want a Civ game that makes me feel like I am building up a civilization, one that's very thematic. And I remember saying, I think it was on the podcast, that Tapestry is about to come out. Maybe Tapestry will be that game that I'm looking for. And you know what? When I'm looking at it from that perspective, it is not the game that I was looking for as far as theme goes, where I feel like I'm building up any kind of civilization. And there's a lot of reasons for that. I'll, I'll get into, I'll throw one out there. One is you have these cards, and they're invention cards, these the, the tech cards, okay? So when you shuffle up this deck, this is kind of like your complaint with Carnival of Monsters, I think. But mm-hmm. when you shuffle up the deck, yeah. you have eyeglasses, you have lithium batteries, you have air conditioning you have what a, the the um uh, automobile or the um yeah something I mean, you know yeah, you have things that are a thousand years old and yeah. things that are brand new yeah yep 
And so how can it feel thematic when you have all those shuffled yeah. in together? Like there's no era in this. No, game. and I know that his, I guess. I mean, the, there are eras, but you just don't feel it. Yeah, his, his thoughts are that you're kind of reinventing history, right? And sure. so your your faction is, but I mean, to me, it just seems so unrealistic to say that a, that a faction gets um, flight, and then the next great thing the faction get is eyeglasses. Like, <laughs> like you know what I mean? I mean, I'm just going to be honest. Like, Maybe your your imagination isn't I, strong I, enough. I, I'm just being honest. Like, I agree with you 100% on that. Like, um, For this part of it, it did not feel like a Civ game like that. I'm, And I guess the problem is, is what is a Civ game? Like, let's sit there and argue about it, right? We can sit here and say, what is the definition of a Civ game? And my definition might be different than yours. But if you're looking for a civilization game that has to do with taking a civilization and building a civilization, to me it doesn't feel like it at all because it's so unrealistic. That's right, yeah. There's no for way me, for me to tie, yeah. grab hold of that. And I probably should have kind of defined that. What I meant was, you know, I want to start off, I used to play the, the civilization computer game. Uh, I think yeah. Civ Five or something, or 4 or something like that. Uh, and I really loved being able to start off with nothing, right? You start off with a person and you're exploring this island, so I like the... I like the exploration piece. And then you're building, you know, you, you start by getting fire or something like that. Yeah. And then each faction that you play with has these different abilities. Like, I really want that to be a part of, of my Civ game. But I want to build up from nothing to, you know, soaring into space or something yeah. like that. And you can do that in this game, but it just doesn't feel like it. No, at not all. at all. All right. Not at all. No, and, 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 you know, I'm looking, I'm thinking of like Scythe and thinking people could be like, well, that's not realistic either, mechs and all that kind of stuff. But How it, dare you? That's what I would say. Yeah, that's right. I mean, <laughs> I'm just thinking of what someone could be saying, but, and, because I really like Scythe, but it's not that I don't want an unrealistic game. It just seems, if you're gonna, if you're talking about Scythe, you're not, you don't have resources where you start with, um, lithium ion batteries and then you can also add, wheat to it like later on you know what i mean like it <laughs> right. builds on, yeah. you're building something there instead of it so now of course us saying this doesn't mean we don't like the game well let's by see. any stretch let's see but it's like but it. it is saying it is saying that it did not feel like a civ game to me at all sure yep um the another thing that i liked about it is have you said anything that you liked about it yet you started off negative dean oh have i not let yeah. me start talking about some things that i like about it. how about that <laughs> The tracks. All right. So in this game, you have these four tracks. You have the Were you military. attracted to them? Oh, my goodness. Please don't turn off your radio because of John's <laughs> jokes. You have Please the, turn them up. <laughs> you have the military, science, tech, and exploration. Is that right? Did I get that right? I think so. Uh, and you're moving up on these tracks, and they allow you to do, to do different things. That's how you're going to be taking your actions. So you pay a resource or resources, depending on where you are in the on that track, and then you move up. So, for example, if you move up in the science track and it's your first time, you roll a die and it tells you that you can move up in another track, but you can't take the action of that track. And you might go on the, let's say, the, the tech track. And in the tech track, that will let you take an invention card and put it into your, to your, uh, by your income board. Which could immediately be... NASA space. <laughs> that's that's right. It could be anything. It could be anything. But it doesn't feel thematic anyway. But it's not invented yet. You're just like getting it prepared so that you can, you know, get the bonuses later on yeah. once you um, upgrade those cards. So I really like that way of taking actions, and that feels pretty unique from most anything else that I've played. It's ultra, I mean, theor mechanically, it's ultra simple. There's four choices. Yes, that's exactly right. You move up one of those four 
tracks. The thing is, is that it is very thinky because based on your faction and what their bonuses are, because everyone also, you have your own factions Mm -hmm. and you get what, two factions at the beginning and you draw one, right? Is that the, is that the actual rule book rules? That's how we played it. Yeah, that's, okay. I just want to make sure. That's how I do any of those games, but yeah, I'm pretty sure the actual rule is two. Okay. I just didn't want to say that and then someone would be like, no, that's not how you play. Um, so we act, so you're taking a faction and they're all wildly different. They're so different. So different. So different. Yeah. And there's 16 of them, I believe. Yep. And so the first thing you're doing is you're looking at them going, is this going to be a faction that I should go heavy military? Is this one that it's going to be very advantageous to build a lot of inventions? Is this one where I need to explore a lot, maybe because I do want to do military conquests? So you're looking at those trying to decide what you're going to do. And so just saying I move up on a track is simple to say, but a whole lot more thinky, you know, to actually perform well at the game that's right um and so i like i like the i I like the tracks um i wonder and this is just me wondering if because the tracks are the same forever there's no shuffling of the tracks there's no um you know here's the first part of it because the tracks are actually in different chunks i think dean mentioned that they cost you a certain amount of resource so maybe the first three actions is it are they in threes or in threes the first three actions cost one resource the second three actions cost two resources you know so forth and so on <clears throat> and i wonder if maybe sometimes the the resources are specific to whatever yeah. yeah i wonder if it would be a little neater if there is a way that they could have shuffled those now i know you can't write that on the board that way and it would become like if they were cards or something and then you'd have to uh and I guess it might not be as clean, and that's probably why they didn't do it. But you know what I mean, to where maybe there's a little bit variety there instead of just being literally the same thing every single time. I'm okay forever. with it. Because here's the thing. If you're shuffling them up, obviously that wouldn't be the way to do it because then the game doesn't I'm ramp in by up. era. I'm yeah. in by era. Yeah. If like, like, it's kind of an era, like in sections. I was wondering if like you shuffle those three up. Kind of like um, Caverna or like, you know how like certain ones will be exposed? Mm-hmm. And so like you know that it's going to come within the first certain ones uh, you know we were playing cave vs cave the other day but like you know it's going to come but you don't know exactly when it's going to come sure sure yeah that that does make sense but i think there's so i think that part of the game seems to be so well thought out and planned yeah. that that might change it quite a bit because you know you have the the actions that you take but then there's a potential they're called benefits so then you have the potential to get a bonus you have to pay something else to get something else it might be a resource it might be tapestry cards that we haven't gotten to in this talk yet but we will soon but i think the way that that's laid out seems to be very specific and well planned so for me i don't think if i would expand this game that probably wouldn't be the way that i do it unless you you know had another really well thought out way of and i don't know i just bring that up like i don't know if i I think I would rather have it the other way, but I understand why they did what they did for sure. So it's not really necessarily a complaint. It's just a put the pause button on for is it something that I might not like as much later on? I don't know. Sure. But positively uh, speaking for the tracks, how cool is it that you mentioned, Dean, even though you don't like Gonshan Clever, that sometimes the game feels like Gonshan Clever. Like you get to a track, you, un- you kind of unlock something that l- allows you to move your invention up. So uh-huh. you get you you get the action that allows you to, to move your invention to the next slot, which then unlocks another bonus where you get a, a building that mm-hmm. might come out. That's right. Then you get your building and you put it on your city. So like it, sometimes it feels really good when you 
uh, it doesn't sometimes. It always feels really good when you set up that perfect move where you move up the track and everything just kind of falls into place and you get multiple actions and you're like, yeah, yeah, that's super satisfying. It is satisfying. I love that about the yeah, game. Yeah, and I, you know, you mentioned Gonchon Clever, and I'm the one that brought that up that I felt like yeah. it has some of those similarities, but I don't really care for Gonchon Clever that much. Wrong. But this. It's it is cool for some reason I don't know why I don't know why that it it makes me feel better but when you are able to hit and move up on three different tracks because yeah. of you know tech cards or whatever it is that that made you do that you feel good about your turn you do yeah I love that part let's talk about um, a couple other things that we haven't mentioned one is the city map it's called a city right is that correct yes. So your, your capital, your, your capital. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Capitals. So you have a faction that you get. So you may be the nomad. You may be the what are the hippie ones that I didn't get? I want. I, I didn't. Merry makers. The merry makers. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, then you may be the militants. Like, and I was debating whether I should be the militants or the merry makers in the last <laughs> game, and I chose the militants, which is actually completely opposite of my personality. <laughs> I would much rather. Uh, anyways, that, but I just did it for fun. I wanted. To, I wanted to play that out because it looked like it was just. I wanted to try that strategy. Anywho, you've got these, but then you also have a board to the side, um, to your side, that is your capital, which is plays out like a patchwork. It plays yeah. out like um, like cottage garden, and you're taking buildings and you're putting them on this grid that already has red dots that you can't put it on the red dots. So you're planning out and you're scoring points based on creating lines. Mm-hmm. On this nine by nine, big square grid, but there's a lot more spots in between there, and that's neat. The spatial relation part is cool in this game. I like that. Yeah, it's funny because I thought I wouldn't, mainly because that's all it does. Like if you get a building, the building just goes on your mat. Yeah. There's no like special ability that it gives you or anything like that. It just takes I like space it up. Yeah, I do too. And you're way better at it than I am. About that part. Yeah. That that part I did tend to focus on, but. It was. It gave you something to focus on, you know. Yeah, and I, like I don't know. It. I don't know. It's weird because just at face value, you're like, oh, so you, all this does is if you fill up a three by three square, then you get a, a resource. resource, one resource, and then if you fill up a line, the or, resources are valuable in this game. Right, right. So if you do a column or a row, that gives you a point. Yeah, and you, so when you say every that, round. it sounds every round, right? It sounds not cool, but it actually, it really is. I like yeah. it. And the way that it looks. And by the end of the game, you could actually be scoring a lot more than one point for those rows. That's right. Because you could have unlocked, what, I think three times one. But then when you've got six of them times three and you're getting 18 points or a lot more than that. So the last game that we ton. played, I got, I think, 11, 11 points, but three times. So I got 33 points in that last round. Which, which is I, big. Which I know people that have gotten more than that, but it you know it feels like, oh, I did build it something It is, especially up. if you've gotten 20 points the previous round. And 11 points the other round. Like, yeah. that could be 60 points of your game just based on how you laid out your capital, yeah. which is pretty cool. Pretty cool. It is. Okay, now here's a part that I like. Uh, there's two more pieces, I guess, that I want to talk about. But one is the the tapestry cards. So, that was my next thing I was going to bring up, so perfect. <laughs> the tapestry cards are, you know, I explained this in the overview, but they are going to give you... Uh, something that's going to happen right away or something that's going to change your specific civilization for that era. Mm-hmm. Now, I like that part of the game a lot. And you get you're going to play at three of those over the course of the game. The first era you won't there are some factions that allow you at least one that allows you to play a tapestry card the first. But for the most part, you're going to get three over the course of the four. And some tapestry eras. cards let you play other tapestry cards yeah. over top of that. So they're like there's variations to that. Well, there's like five eras, sorry, but the last one you're just getting income. Right, right. So 
Yeah, but I, I know, I think I know what you're going to say, and that's that the tapestry cards can be very random and frustrating. I'm going to I'm gonna go ahead and say that I, I disagree. I'll let you say what you're going to say, but I, I, I think tapestry cards are fine, but if you're playing with a civilization that lets you play a tapestry card at the very beginning and you draw a bad tapestry card, that stinks. <laughs> that, okay, so this is... Yeah, th- th- that stinks th- a lot. That, this is one of my... I like this game. I'll, I'll just be honest. I'm, I'm going to go there. I'll tell you how much in a minute. <clears throat> but it was one of the big... A huge frustration for me whenever I got the um, the Heralds, I think. I could be wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. And you're able to play a tapestry card early in the, in the first era, which normally you can't do, except for when you draw one and it does no good for you. It did no none good. I like sat there and go, I don't even, why would I even, I don't even know if I needed to play this. And I didn't, I don't think, did I? I don't even think I played it. And it's like one of the bonuses. Now, um, they have other bonuses with that faction. So that's not the only thing. And you got some really good bonuses. And I got some really good ones. So I'm not complaining about that faction. I actually quite enjoy playing it. But I thought, why wouldn't it, why wouldn't you be able to draw two or three cards at least and pick something? Even with that though, you could get hosed. Because I remember um, I played another game where, because you're going to start off, taking an income, and you're going to get one tapestry card. Then you can get more tapestry cards within, like, I think two actions on almost every track. I could be wrong I don't there, think they're all the tracks, but yeah. I think but at least two or three of the tracks. So you could easily, you can easily get two or three more tapestry cards in the first round. The, 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 the hard part is every stinking action is so important in this game. Yes. Do you want to take that many three actions to try to get three tapestry cards because it's so random. I don't like that part about the game, man. I I think as the game ramps up, the tapestry cards are fine because I can get four or five of the cards. I'm actually picking some good ones to have into my hand. But I think early in the game, I would have loved to have seen you get to you draw three and pick one to start the game off with. Sure. You draw two and you, at least two, which I don't think that's would be enough either. Maybe and you get to pick a tapestry card to start the game off with. I've gotten I, we've played this game. Most, I think almost every time except for one. I've in the first era even I didn't really get a tapestry card that really helped me, and I was just kind of like and yeah. then and you could but you could also draw an amazing one that helps a ton, and so it's it is lucky. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Here I wonder if like if you had a I don't know, maybe if there was like with that faction or in general, like if there was a set of starting tapestries, maybe. Yeah, you get, yeah. But even without but you that don't, faction. But most you, of the part, you don't play them until the end of that first era. No, so. and even at the end, even Second if you're not doing that faction, you can easily like end up with two tapestry cards at the end of the first era and neither one of them really help you a whole lot. Sure. Now, of course, you can say, okay, well, I don't like any of these, so I've definitely got to get another one. Maybe, but then you could honestly draw another one that's not that great so it's it's risky it's 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 a there's a big luck part to the beginning of the game at least sure. with tapestry cards i think you do agree with that yeah i agree with that and you, people d- might not might not care i care i just don't like that part i don't that. i don't care but i also didn't play with that faction and i wasn't in that i wasn't put in the position that you were put in i guess so it didn't yeah. it, it never affected me in the way that it did you in that one specific game with that specific civilization yeah but but that's look, one of my only like big beefs I have with the game, and I I hate being like that because I mean Stegmaier is brilliant. <laughs> like I I get to sit back and review someone who makes incredible games, and sometimes <laughs> I feel bad. Like I feel bad saying that about Carnival of Monsters. Richard Garfield makes brilliant games. Like, but it we're, we do what we do to have fun. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll say that again to myself. Coming to have and to help other people decide whether it's games they would like. Yep. All right. So. Th- 
the civilization cards, you touched on that, and I don't want to get into that a whole lot, but you said there's 16 civilization cards. They all play so differently. I don't know if they're all balanced. <laughs> Probably not. That I, is my that, that is my next and last note okay. before final thoughts. So you, dude, we are like on the, on same, the same wavelength. Page. How about that? Nope, <laughs> we're not. We're not. Dang perfect, it. perfect timing. Let's try it again. We're we're on the same page. page. Yes, <laughs> nailed it. Um, but you know, even if they're not balanced, which I don't know, that's I, I really have no clue because I I know that this was play tested with probably hundreds of people yeah. and you know they probably thought this is the most balanced that they can be. I don't know. I don't even know if I care that much because it's just fun. It's mm. fun to explore the different civilizations and if I get destroyed with one, I really want to play with that one again and just dig in and say I can do much better. Yeah. And the fact that they're 16 and they are so different there's a lot of replayability in that for it, me. It does seem like, and maybe it's because we're noobs to the game, Dean. Excuse me. Sorry, I had a little frog in my throat there. Uh, it does seem like the person who gets the best faction wins. Like, I mean, I agree. Like, uh, we look at the game, and like, it seemed like early in most of the games, we kind of had it like, oh man, that faction's cool. That gives you, but it may be, it may be that it's just an easy faction to play. Right, like we're new to the game, so it's in there. It's just like any other video game or whatever. That there's some certain factions or characters that you're just going to know how to play easier because it makes more sense. But maybe some of the other ones are actually way better than you think. I don't know. I, it's hard for me it, it, without having like we, played like this the last times. One. You know? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like the last one we played, Dean got the futurist. I played the militants, uh-huh. and like it was the first era where I'm like, oh my gosh, there's no way I'm going to beat this guy. Yeah. He's like way ahead of me. Maybe I didn't understand how to play it. I didn't like that faction. I didn't like the way that you're limited with your um, when you're conquering. You only have a certain amount of tiles. I could have conquered a ton. I could have many more, and it's like, oh, that's all I've got. I was really frustrated with that. Yeah, and the Futurist sounds cool because you're starting off so far on the tracks, but then you miss all of those things in that first era, and you're having to spend so many resources to move But that was your best game too, all. though. It was my best game, that's true, and I really enjoyed playing with them, but I don't know if I that would always be the experience. Now, I got some really good inventions. Um, I got some tapestry cards that really helped me out with yeah. that. So I think that, that we played two factions that were not good for us to play. Like, That's right. Because I wasn't going for inventions as much because I was going really military, so it gave him the opportunity to just almost have his pick of them. And yeah. I should have not done that. I played it wrong. Yeah. But regardless of all that, because I do think there are a, a decent amount of luck factors in this game, but I don't care. All right. Final That's thoughts? A, <laughs> yes. Yeah, let me just jump into it. Do it, are man. You all right with that? So. Yeah. I I don't care. I don't care that there's luck factors. And and I get that. That's really going to bother somebody. But here's here's how I rate a game, I guess. How much do I like it? Like, how much do yeah. I really want to play this game? What does it make game? you feel like? What does do it you want to play feel? it again? Yeah, so, like, we can go this through this whole rubric of, you know, the, the replayability. We can go talk about the art and components and all that. And, and all that, I think, is helpful in the conversation. But for me, when it really comes down to it, how much do I just love the game and how much do I want to explore it? And this game, I love. And I, I want to explore all aspects of it. I want to play every civilization. The ones that I've played that I haven't done well, I want to play and do better. The ones that I played well with, I want to do even better. Yeah. You know, I, like I want to explore all aspects of this game. And I feel like it would take a really long time to do that. And I, I've yeah. played this game a decent amount, but 
but it's I, I'd want to play it so much more. And so for me, uh, because of that, I rate this game really high. And here's okay. Pause there for a second. Surprise, I've, surprise. I've rated some games really high lately because we've this played is, some We already really had this conversation games. last yes, episode. I know it. I know it. But I'm also, <laughs> I've been the one picking the games and the ones that we're going to review, which probably isn't great either. But this is one that I didn't think, this surprised me. I knew that I was going to get it because I always try Stonemaier games when they come out. But I, I didn't think I was going to like this game as much as I did. And here's the truth, John. This game is up there with Scythe for me. Wow. Like right next to it, whether that's wow. a little what better was or what a little was it, like five for you or something it like that? It was my number three game. Number three game. My number three favorite game. And this is right up there with it. This is a top five game for me. I love it a so top, much. Oh, hold on a second. This is a Meeple Town first no one has we have not rated a game except for like throwback terraforming mars that someone said this early it's a top five not even a top 10 yeah this is a yeah none of of my top five games were are, are games that came out within the last year but here's the thing in my top 10 games that has changed i just this has been a real good year for me so like root is in my top 10 Everdell is in my top 10. Imperial Settlers Empires of the North is in my top 10. And all those games came out within the last year, right? Everdell came out last year, but, well, at the end of 2018, I think, is when that came out. But this one, man, this got me. I love it so much. So, obviously, it's a 10, right? A 10! It's a 10 because it's a top five game. (laughs) We have really high-quality sound uh, bites. (laughs) I don't know. Effects, effects. I want to hear it what would you, be called sound effects, John. I, I want to hear what you say though, because I don't. I don't know if you have this that high. You said you liked it. Do you like? I it don't that have much? it that high. Okay. Uh, no, I don't. It's I, not no. Top five. Uh, no. It's um, better than Scythe. No. Okay. No. Uh, so the, here's my here's my thoughts about it. Um, here's what I I, I kind of told you the negatives. Like I, I didn't like the tapestry cards like that. Um, uh, there are a couple other things I didn't love about the game, but I want to agree with Dean with. The whole element of the exploration factor of this game is super high for me. I love a challenge. And I love looking at that military militants and going, dang, I didn't score that high, like 180 or something like that. Mm-hmm. How can I get 300 with these guys? Like, mm-hmm. that to me, that poses a challenge. Which is like Gonchon Clever. Yes, <laughs> it's just like Gonchon Clever. It's like what? It's Sean Con Sean Clever. Sean Connery? Yes. It's, okay, all right. Sean Connery. <laughs> oh, that was, I nailed it. You not did. at all. That's okay, true. so, and I'm, not, I'm terrible at uh, impersonations. But anyway, that part of the game is amazing. It really is like, I, I there's 16 factions. It. There's so much to explore in this game, and how should I play the Merrymakers? How should I play the Futurist? How should I play um, the the Militants? By the way, I did get a tapestry card that made me have Socialist Militants, which I thought, just exactly who I am. (laughs) Not. That's not who I am. Um, Is that that allowed to say on, that's a joke, (laughs) Evil Town? Cricket. Dean's like looking at me like, oh no, no, it's kidding. But anyways, so like I love thinking about that and thinking how can I play these things? And it makes me think like after the game's over, I'm thinking about it. 
What did I do wrong? Why should I've gone for more of these cards? Should I've gone up this track a little bit more? That is what's going to keep me very interested in Tapestry. Um, I think that there's going to be re at least initial replayability that's through the roof on this game. Mm -hmm. um, now, I do have concerns about m maybe we. C I look back 20 plays and go, I don't think that they're balanced. I don't think that the I don't think I can score more than this on X, Y, or Z. I'm sure it's been play tested through the roof, like you said, Dean. But there is a concern about that, about it just being like I'm, I got the best faction, so I win the game. With that being said, it's still very good game. Um, is it worth the hype? I, it is. It is worth. I mean, it, it depends on how super hype. I'm not as hype on as Dean is. I wrestled back and forth between an eight and a half and a nine for this game. I'm gonna go ahead and give it a nine which is still extremely good, which, again, I guess that would probably put this easily on my top 50 list as well. Um, I thought it I thought it's fun. There's a lot to explore in this game. Uh, I'm giving it a 9 out of 10, so there you go. That's a good score. I, so I guess it has lived up to the hype. For us. For us, uh, it, it definitely has. It has. Like I, yeah, for sure. So here's a question, though. Here's a, here's a good talking point. Okay. Worth it. Is it worth it? Because I'm looking at Stonemaier's website where it's ninety nine dollars. I know you didn't. You paid seventy nine. Is that like? Do you know what it's going to actually be whenever it comes out on retail? Uh, yeah, I think the I think the MS. I mean MSRP is is ninety nine. I'm sure you'll be able to find it for cheaper than. Do you that. think we'll be able to? People will be able to find it for the seventy nine dollar price that they went ahead and sold it for. Probably that's that's typically the case. You would, would think say. that that's the case. Um, but so is it, is it worth is it, it worth it? All right, I'm going to try to look at this objectively. Because, okay, I really like highly produced games, but I recognize that there are people who just don't like that. I mean, when you're looking at the buildings in this game, okay, the buildings are amazing, painted miniatures, right? Yep. But when you put them out on the board, they're basically polyomino pieces that fit onto this grid. And and here's the thing, they don't always fit. You know, some of those some of those buildings don't fit great. You can't tell how big they are, you know, how many squares they take up on the board, yeah. which is kind of frustrating. So for people who don't like overproduced games, who would rather say, I would rather have cardboard pieces to go onto my capital city to take up those spots than these painted miniatures, for them, I don't think it is worth it. Yeah. For them. Now for me it is. Obviously it's a 10 for me and I love, you know, highly produced games, but I can see somebody saying, "No, that's it's too much. I would rather pay, you know, $40 for this game and use cardboard pieces and cubes than what what's in the box." And I, I am that man. Okay. 100% would. Okay. That's that's where I was when I, we talked about the overproduced thing earlier in the game. Dean, I don't think I'll buy this game because it's too expensive. I don't want to spend the money. Yeah. I it's it's a top and I'm, I'm like I said, I'm, I'm very, I'm pretty conservative with my money, but I'm, I'm also thinking like, that to me that's a lot, of, especially if it's a hundred dollar price tag. And plus, if it's eighty dollars, I'm gonna pay shipping. Mm -hmm. It's gonna be ninety, ninety five dollars by the time, I, especially if I have to, maybe not, but good chance it's close to. $90. I'm a champion, so I got free shipping. On yeah, that, which helps, I mean, a good chance it's, I, it's minimally gonna be ninety dollars. Right. I asked my wife, like we were talking about this. I was like, is any game worth ninety dollars? Is a lot of money. I mean, I guess if you're rich and you got tons of money, you know, it's not, you know. Or I mean, whatever. I sold the game to get this one because I wanted it that bad. Yeah, it's like, that's, that's all. And I, that's, and I, and again, that's just, that's who I, I would, I would much rather, like, I complain about the pieces of Terraforming Mars, but it was $45 and I bought it. Like, $50 is around my threshold. It, if it's got to be extremely good for me to pay $60 for a game, 
Right. You know, I'm I'm going to be real. I think that's the the most I've played for a game this year is I kickstarted Glenmore for fifty nine dollars. Sure. And I really want to play Glenmore too a lot. That's it. I'm not going higher than that. Yep. And that didn't include shipping, so I may have paid seventy like that. But I'm but this. I'm just going to wait till I can <laughs> later on one day when I can get it on someone has it used. Yeah. Like or right you can now, play my on, I'm looking on eBay <laughs> right now, and it's like hundred easily over a hundred dollars like people are selling them for yeah yeah um, and it's i'm sure that's gonna happen that's gonna change yeah after they do that so but for me it it's not overproduced because jamie did what he wanted to do it it made the price too much for me when you compare it to other games i think it is overproduced but all this is subjective right yeah. i mean it's it's what you want and you're the thing is like you know you got to make those decisions do i want to produce it really well yeah. and and knowing that i'm going to push people out of the market or do I want to price it really low, but it's not going to look as good, and that's also going to push yeah. people out of the market. And and with Stonemaier Games, they're willing to say, "Look, we're going to produce the heck out of this yep. game, right? They're gonna they're gonna do whatever they can to make it look amazing." And that's to me, and it works. He pushed me out, but I don't care. That's his it's his company. Sure, let him do what he wants to do. Like I I appreciate someone saying, "This is what I want to do. I'm going to do it." Yep. And we're are we going to lose some people? Yep. And they will. Yep. They lost me. I didn't. I didn't back it. I'm prob- I mean, I didn't buy it. and I'm not thinking about it. Yep. But it's okay. Let. That's Love why the, Audi does what Audi does, right? Tons of other people are, do, so. but tons of other people are. That's so right. I'm not. Compl- I'm not even complaining yeah. about it. Yeah. No. 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 At no. all. I'm not. Yeah. Not at all. I think it's great that he did what he did, but it's just too much for me. Yep. All right, but that is going to do it for our total review of Tapestry. Yeah. Is it worth the hype? Yes. Yeah, it's great. We love it. So I give it a 10. John gives it a 9. Let's get on to our top five casual two-player only games. All right, Meeple Town. So I'm a big fan of a great two-player game. How about you, Dean? Love it. And we're talking about not just playing a game two players. This top list is going to be Two players only. If you're more than two players, you're not allowed to be on our list. Wow. Yeah. That's you looked at me shocked. Like, well, it made it sound like you were saying like you're not allowed to. You're listen, not allowed listen to our podcast. I thought you were going to literally no, say you're talking about people and not the games. No, the games. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, "Oh, I've got some on my list that aren't two player only." No. And I was going to be like, "No, we had to redo this whole thing." No, not at all. And in fact, we're doing top five. <laughs> This was really difficult for me to do because I love some two-player-only games. Because, you know, when I'm thinking through this list, I'm thinking my my wife is a teacher. I work during the day. And, you know, sometimes during the week we want to play something, but we definitely don't want to play something too yeah. long. And so that's this category is the one that I played the most games of, like casual two-player games. You know, I realized this as just actually before we started this segment was thinking through, like, my list is influenced by what my wife likes a lot. Because she's the one who I play these games with the most. Yeah. And I was just like realizing like, okay, that's, I like this game because she really enjoys it and we play it a ton. So I'll, I'll, I'm just going to tell you the truth. That's the reality. Sure. Yep. That's that uh, most of it. Now my number five will be the exception to that for yeah. me. But. Yeah. I'm not saying all my, yeah, no, mine pretty much is. Yeah. You want me to start it off? Start it off, Dini. All right, my number five is a game that I think my wife likes, but she doesn't love, if I remember right. Because we don't play this often, but I play it with my son sometimes. This is a game by designer Shimpei Sato and published by, I believe, uh, Arcane Wonders is the the publisher and the 
In the U.S. for this one, it is Onitama. Onitama. Onitama plays in about 15 to 20 minutes, it's fine. and it is very chess-like. Like you have these, you have these cards, two cards in front of you. Your other player has two cards, and then there's a card off to the side. And all you do is you play one of those cards that tells you wh- where you can move your pieces on the board. And on the board, you only have five pieces. You have four of these uh, small pieces, one of your larger pieces, and what you're trying to do is either capture the other player's large piece or to move your large piece into the far center square on their side of the board. And that's it. But the, the cool thing about the cards is that you play a card and it'll say, let's say I move diagonal with this card, okay? And it'll give you options on all the cards. Then I take this card and it goes off to that side card. And then I take that side card and it now goes into one of my two cards. So the card that you play is eventually going to make it over to the other player and they're going to be using it. So there's there's some strategy. Yeah, there's strategy and thinking, okay, I want to play this card, but I also don't want to give this card to the other player. And so I really like it, especially because it plays so quickly. 15 to 20 minutes is all. um, And I've played games that are even less than that. Yeah, I like Onitama. I'm, those types of games just aren't my favorite. Where it's like I'm, I make a move, then you make a quick move, and you, and then I chase you around the board. Potentially, you know what I mean? Like the chess type games. It's just not yeah. my style. But I think it is a brilliant game. Yeah, and I think it's good. Like I totally would play it. Yep, and I do. I've got the app, and there you go. <laughs> All right. So my number five is a game that uh, I quite enjoy. It was actually maybe it was one of my first two-player-only games that I really fell in love with, actually, uh, now that I think about it. It was it came out in 2014. It's an Uwe Rosenberg game, and you probably know what it is just because I said that. Patchwork. Patchwork. Yep. I talked about it last week. That's two right. weeks in a row. It's <laughs> what I would play with Jim Tomei, my uh, childhood Marissa baseball hero. No, that is... We've... Uh, false. <laughs> so, it, Patchwork is just... It's a hoot. I don't know if it's a hoot, is it? Who would have thought you would have so much fun making quilts? Yeah, it, but it's just—it's such a simple but clever, clever mechanic game. So like, it's totally spatial relations. You're getting these patches of your quilt, and they look all—they're polyonos. Like polyonos, yeah, they're Tetris pieces, and you're putting them onto your board, but uh, they cost you time and they cost you buttons, which is really interesting. And some of the pieces on there are gonna have buttons on them, meaning that whenever you cross a button on your main track that you're going with what i guess it keeps up with your time mm-hmm. right and so when you get to the end of that or the center of it the game is over for you but as you're moving along that track you may cross over a button and if you do you're going to get as many buttons that's actually on your quilt that you're patching together so you're making these interesting decisions like do i want this patch that's huge that's going to cover a ton of spaces or do i want this patch that's going to get me buttons so that i can have more resources to purchase the uh, patches later on in the game or or whatever and so it's just it's great mechanically and the other thought is you have the timepiece which is so cool like gintus it's nothing like that but i mean but it is like in this uh, the game is nothing like that but right. you have this timepiece where it's going to cost you like you might get um something that doesn't cost a ton of buttons but it costs you a ton of your time which means you have to move up on that main track a ton of spaces giving your opponent the opportunity to maybe make several moves before you even get to make another one. Yep. It's a brilliant little fun... Man, It's Patchwork is great. Yeah, it, this was actually probably number six on my list. I yeah. initially had it on, on number five and really kind of debated whether or not it would 
would be on there. But I, I love Patchwork. It's it's a game that my wife would it would for sure be on her top five. Yeah, I actually like Cottage Garden better. Like my wife, like we would rather play that two players because it adds a little more thinkiness. But it's not a two player only game. So I, it's Patchwork number five. Good game. All right, number four is a game. Pretty sure you haven't played this. This is by designer Diego Ibanez. And it's by uh, Devere Games, and that is Holmes, Sherlock, and Mycroft. Mm-mm. This is another really quick game, plays in 20 to 30 minutes, and it's a worker placement game that plays in that amount of time, which is nice. Uh, but the the hmm. interesting piece is when you're placing your workers, I'll place a worker, and then if another player places their worker in that spot in that round, then that card, that worker placement spot, goes away for the next round. And so the interesting piece is that you want to get these spots, but you you kind of don't want to go behind somebody if that's a spot that's really popular that you don't want it to go away for the next round. Okay, so that's kind of the 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 twist on this worker placement. Hmm, it's interesting. Now, now the way the game scores and all that is straight up set collection, which isn't my favorite. And I, and I kind of, I like this game for what it is. The set collection, even though in this game that part's not my favorite, I still really enjoy it. And I don't dislike the set collection, but the, the way that it scores is unique because you're not just straight up scoring for sets. You're, it's I'm actually not going to explain it because unless you see it, it's actually pretty complicated the first time you've played. Um, but it's it's a neat way of scoring, I guess. I'll just say That's that. Cool. So I like this a lot. I don't. Uh, it's one that my wife quite enjoys as well. Huh. It's a quick one that we play. That's interesting. That that whole uh, worker placement little twist. Kind of like, I like enjoy yeah, trying Yeah, I don't know if that's on another game. I, yeah, I'd like to try just, that. Yeah. That sounds cool. All right, so I just realized that my number four is another Uwe Rosenberg game. <laughs> and wow. Yeah. It doesn't surprise me, I guess. But Well, I mean, he, he's you could have out, You might have a whole top five right now. No, but, uh, I mean, he's come out with a lot of really cool two-player games. Sure, yeah. Like, that. that's, I mean, some people focus on that and some people don't. And he is, they've come out with a bunch of them. And this is um, one that I did get Dean uh, to play. I I coerced him into playing not really um that is caverna cave versus cave now i like caverna much better than cave versus cave but cave versus cave is a it says here on um bgg it's a 20 to 40 minute long game so you're talking about 30 minutes or so and uh it gives you a caverna-esque feeling in a short time, you're going and you're digging in, uh, digging uh, out your cave, which is then, which is cool. It releases tiles that you can actually get, but you don't get it immediately. If you dig in your cave, then it goes to a common area that your opponent could then potentially take that building on their next turn, or you could. But you're do- you're doing actions very similarly to. Um, to Caverna, to Agricola, or whatever, where you're going there and you're building is allowing you to build a certain house. It's allowing you to, you know, do whatever. The actions are just pretty simple. You just do what it says or take a certain resources or whatever it means, whatever it does. But I think that it's, I, I give this the edge for sure over Agricola, uh, all creatures great and small, which might be on Dean's list. I have not seen his list, so I don't know. It may not be, though. I know that he really likes that game. I give it the edge because... Uh, in a agricola, all creatures great and small. All of the actions are the same, and they're just out there for everybody from the beginning. Right. This game, they are revealed over the course of the game, and they ramp up. So that's kind of what I was talking about earlier. That's what I. That's why I prefer this one because I like that that element in being not quite sure what action is going to come out next, and also not being able to do anything 
for the whole over the course of the whole game. Though I do think that All Creatures Great and Small is a fun, really fun little two player game. Yeah, I actually thought All Creatures uh, Great and Small, big and big, big and small. small, would make. I just realized that I said well. it wrong. And Lahav Inland Port. I just figured that. that would <laughs> I haven't played fault. that one yet. That's why. <laughs> I haven't either. But, I haven't played that one. Um, yeah, no, I, I like both of those. I don't know if I like Agricola, All Creatures, Big and Small, better. Maybe slightly, but they're pretty close. Yeah. But um, spoiler, neither one of them made my list. Okay. I didn't. I was just wondering if that might have. So there you go. Caverna, yeah. Cave versus Cave, my number four. All right. Okay. Let me, I'm going to stop there because I think as we, we're moving forward, I've, I, I realize. I'm guessing I know some of the ones that are on your list. I'm also guessing mine are probably going to be lighter and quicker games. For me, I kind of put a cap of about 30 minutes on the game length. I only have one game, I think, that is definitely over 30 minutes. Okay. Cavernican is about 30. It says 20 to 40 at the most. Yeah. So. And not that casual is just based on time. That You know, yeah. you can have a casual game that's long. Um, but it's kind of for me. It was kind of a weight and time. Yeah, combination. this one was weighted at two and a half, which is and, and because we said casual, I kept it to medium and medium light games. True. And so two and a half is still would be medium light, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. so. M- mine are. I'll get to that in just a little bit. I think all mine except one are under two. <laughs> yeah, this is the this is the heaviest one uh, according to BGG. It's the heaviest one on my list. That sure. one was. All right, so my number three is a game by Reiner Knizia, and this is the the version I have is a yellow game. It has a couple different names, Battle Line, but what I have is Shot and Totten. Ah, uh, and I hate that game. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. I do. Wow. Well, oh. I feel so deflated right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, really? I, I like Shot and Totten. You know, my wife, like, I was so excited to play it because i just been wanting to play Battleline or, or Shot and Totten. And Dean let me borrow it, and I was so excited. And we were just, we, my wife and I both finished the game and went, that's what everyone's all excited about? Yeah, because people who like good games like Shot and Totten. I guess so. But it just, it, sorry. You know, I'm sure there's a, a ton of people right now listening going, that game is awesome. And I just like, I don't know, for me, it just was, hate is a strong word, but it was just very uh, mad. I get it. I can see how somebody wouldn't like this game. But in, in Shot and Totten, you have this, this row of cards, and they're rocks. And what you're trying to do is you're trying to gain a rock over to your side. And so there's seven of those that you're trying to get. So you're really trying to get the majority. And seven, is that right? I can't remember. Seven or eight. Or nine. After seven I nine. played it a few times, it's, I was done with it. No, man, I, I forgot what it is. My mind went blank. Anyway, you have you're trying to gain those to your side. And what you're doing is you're playing a card and drawing a card. But when you play a card, you are basically trying to stack up on a specific rock. You're gonna have a max of three cards. And you're trying to basically have the best poker hand out of those three cards that you've placed there. So like you can get a flush, you can get a straight, uh, you can get you know three of a kind. And if you gain the the best hand that's played there, a rock goes over to your side, and that's it. You're trying to be the one that gets the to get the most. I'm pretty sure it's the the first one to four. Oh goodness. Three in a row or four in a row, man. My numbers are all off now. I can't remember. Now. Sorry. And it hasn't even been that long since I've played it. Uh, but it's just it's anyway. But that's the gist of the game. You're trying to get the rocks over to your side. It's a super simple game. This one plays in about 20 minutes, and it's one that we typically, my wife and I, will play a game and then say, "Let's just run it back" because it's it's so quick and, and enjoyable. Yeah. No, you there said you yeah, but you don't think yeah. You don't. Think no, it's I just I'm just saying yeah to. You know, just like instead of yeah, nodding, yeah, let's move on from this game. <laughs> I'm just nodding with a weird smile again. Huh? No, it's I just I just it was just kind of like okay, 
everyone's been talking about that. It's not too good to me, but all right. Yep. Moving along, my number three is a game that, um, you know, I've actually seen a lot of, uh, of mixed reviews on this game, and right now I'm looking at the BGG rating. It's uh, only seven, which isn't, you know, it's not bad, but it's not, like, super high. Actually, this is a game, Dean, that does say 30 to 45 minutes, so maybe this is one more that bumps up above the 30-minute one. But this is one that I really enjoy because I feel like it does play pretty quick, and it's one that my wife and I are, have gotten out more often than some of the other games. Just because, I don't know what it is, there's there's an easiness about it. You know what I'm talking about? Like, like shot that, and ton. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, 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 that's true. Like, there's just, like, we talk about casual games. Like, we're just feeling kind of like, man, let's just sit back and let's let's play a uh, a casual game. <laughs> that's great, huh? And that is Tron Worst Bond. game ever. Tron Bond. I've not actually played this, but I do want to. Tron Bond. It is, uh, it killed, if we want to talk about game killers, it killed Lost Cities for me. Because it does have some similar mechanics. I like Lost City still, except for this is just better to me uh, personally. And in this game, you are taking these train cars, which again, I'm a sucker for trains. So if you don't love trains, then maybe I've just gotten bought into the being a sucker for trains. But you're taking your hand of cards, and they have um, their multi-purpose cards, which is really cool. You're actually taking these things, and you're having to go, and you're getting purchasing trains and you're buying a train and then you've got to put your cards on the train they all have to be one color and they have to go in numeric order so they you can skip numbers like it's lost cities um, but the cool thing is is they have values um, victory points on them and the way that you score them though is based on the train you have so it's kind of like um, Russian railroads where you may have a train that's worth two times points but you could later on maybe buy another train to start another train with that's worth four times and so like they cost more though and so you're taking these cards and you can either play them into that train row or you can start another train row or you can flip them over and turn them into a thousand dollars each and so you're like having these kind of decisions like do i want to save this for money so that i can buy a more expensive train that's going to give me a more a bigger uh, multiplier or do i want to go ahead and put it in this row so that i can you know get more points now and, um, I mean, there's a little more to it where, like, you could also play those cards into a train waiting station. When the waiting station gets four cards in it, then you score. Everyone scores that color at the same time. So there's that tension between, should I play this here because I think Larissa is about to play the green and the green's going to get scored right now? Or should I wait? It's fun, man. It's You should play this. I do think you would like this game. It sounds like it. It's You've talked to me about it before. I think I would like this. Yeah, I think you would like it. Especially because I think that you like Lost Cities. I think. Anyways. My number two is Lost Cities. Is it really? <laughs> it is, seriously. <laughs> it is. <laughs> oh, there you go. That was quite the good transition. There it is. Um, yeah. I, Teach I, you I, up. Lost Cities. Yeah, we, we like this one quite a bit. And, uh, hey, I'm sorry. Helmut Ole. Okay. I think is the designer, uh, and Clemens Fra- Clems Franz is the uh, artist. By the way. Hey, you know, side note. Sorry, Clemens, Clemens Franz is your favorite artist. I think based on all of your top fifty games, he was an he was a, the artist on so but many he, of your games because he does a bunch of Euro style games. Yeah, doesn't mean that it's my favorite art. Yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> all right, my number two is Lost Cities. Hey, this is another Reiner Knizia game. Back to back, Reiner Knizia. I I really enjoy both of these, and in fact, my two and three can swap out at any given day. It's just we tend to play more Lost Cities, just the two of it's us. It's a it's a fun game. Yep, art uh, by Vincent Dutre, 
and uh, it's a Cosmos game. But in Lost Cities, you each have your own side of the board, and you have a hand of cards, and you're going to be playing a card and drawing a card. And that's it. Uh, you're either going to be playing a card into your like your little slot that matches one of the colors, uh, one of the um, you know let's let's say I play a white card into that slot. Now after I play another white card into that slot, it has to be a number higher than what I place. So these are numbered two through ten, but that you also have these handshake cards, and when you play the handshake cards. They're multipliers, like you were talking about in Tronbon. But the problem is you have to get to a total of 20 points. Um, and if you do, anything beyond that is what you're going to score. So, so let's say I get 22 points in a column. Uh, I'm just going to get two points for that column. Yeah. Now, if I have a handshake, that's going to double it or triple it or, you know, Keeps keeps going up, keeps yeah. going up. Uh, except there's only three handshake cards that you can get. So anyway, you would you would if I just play one handshake, it just it doubles that. So I'll get four points instead of two. So you're gonna score every one of those columns, but it's just so push your luck in the <laughs> sense of do I want to start on this expedition? Because if I do, you know that you're gonna have to get twenty, and the game ends when the deck runs out. Yeah. And so the problem is you're going to want to delay that. Now, the way that you do that is instead of playing a card in your column, you can also play it in the discard pile for each of those colors. So yeah. if I played a white card in that white discard pile, instead of drawing a card from the main draw pile, I can draw one from there. So that kind of delays the end of the game if you need to do that. But sometimes you want to speed it up because you know the other person started this expedition and they're going to lose a ton of points because they've got two handshakes and they've only got two points in there. So they're going to lose a lot of points. And it's just a really fun game. And it's, again, you know, like every game, this one takes 30 minutes. But if you know it, honestly, it doesn't even really take that long. I remember when we got Lost Cities the first time we played the duty out of it. Yep. The, the what? The duty out of it. The, the duty. That's what we say in Tennessee. We do? Yep. We. You're a Tennessean now. Yep. I don't say that. You say it? Yes, you do. You said it the other day. Have I ever said that? No, you've never said I, that. I, I, no, I take that back. I did say that when I was five because that's what five-year-olds say. They say duty. They, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I have two boys in the house. We say duty all the time. I was trying to think of like a pun joke about do your duty you know, or something like that, but it wasn't. It wasn't showing up, so that joke really stunk. Oh, boy. What's your number two? My number two. <laughs> <Hey -o. laughs> like that? Here we go. Yeah, it's even better <laughs> because my number two is Seven Wonders Duel. Oh, nice. Man. Did you do that on purpose? Yeah. Seven Wonders Duel. It was going to be like... number one, but I made it number two just so that it could be That's ridiculous. number two. That's not true, though. Okay. That is not was not intentional. Seven Wonders Duel. First of all, I am a big fan, as you if you listen to our or watched our video on our top 50. Uh, Seven Wonders absolutely made that. It is my favorite pure card drafting game. And Seven Wonders Duel, like I, this is one of those that I, like I sit back and I go, I like Seven Wonders better for sure. But like, it's actually a thought. Like a lot of times, like I go, Caverna, no problem, is better than K versus Cave. Agricola, no doubt, is better than all creatures big and small. But like, this is one where I go, they did it so well. That it's like, ugh, which one do I like better? I like Seven Wonders better, but mm -hmm. it, it's the it's probably the most comp comparable two player version of a game where I go, I'm just as happy almost playing this as I am Seven Wonders. What huh. do you think? No. Um, maybe. 
<laughs> what? All right, my number one game. Oh, <laughs> is Seven Wonders Duel. Isn't that funny? Like, it was actually my number one game. I didn't change it to number two because it had duel in the name. I did. Uh, yeah, no. so I can just go ahead and, and and add to that. This is it's funny because my wife does not care for Seven Wonders. I think I've mentioned that in the past. She just doesn't like it. But she loves Seven Wonders Duel. I think this is it's probably different. her number one game in this category too. It's so cool that like it feels the same, but yet they've made it different enough. Your choices that you're making. Yeah. The way that the pyramid tree or whatever you want to call it, the way the cards lay out, it's intriguing. Huh. I got you. The tree is intriguing. It's so, every time you call attention to your jokes. I might have to I might have to leave the room. <laughs> uh so I mean it's intriguing though because you're like, do I want this card? But if I do, the way that the tree is built or the pyramid, I might unlock something awesome for my opponent to uh-huh. get. Yeah. And like so you're like, oh, I don't want to do that, but I need this card. And so it's it is a fantastic game. If you haven't played the dual version of Seven Wonders, but you've played Seven Wonders, it's a no-brainer. You've got to try it. If you've never played either one and you just want a really great two-player game, it is a no-brainer for me. It is good. It is I think so, 17 too. overall on Board Game Geek. For a, for a casual two-player game, that's really high. It's rated 2.2, so it's not... I mean, that's yeah. why I put it it's in It's my heaviest casual. of this list, but yeah. it's not at all heavy. It plays in 30 minutes. Like, this is this is the max end of 30 minutes of all the games that I've picked today. And I, it's, it's funny because, you know, I, I said this. My wife doesn't like Seven Wonders. There's a lot of people I think would not play this game if they... I mean, okay, there's a ton of people that love Seven Wonders, but there are a few that don't like it and probably just dismiss duel because they didn't like seven wonders. And I think that is a uh, tragedy. It's good that that? you said that actually. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that you, I think if you like two player games in this weight range, you got to try this one. It's so good. So good. Yeah. Yep. Love it. That's your number one, man. My number one. My number two is your number one. That's pretty close though. I bet I know your number one. My number one, if you've listened to the podcast, should be pretty plain and obvious. When you say this is now, this is Dean might have a little. It is casual now. It's a. It's only weighted at two point three, so it's really not that heavy of a game. In fact, it's simple mechanically, but it is thinky, and it is closer to an hour long game. So it's the only the only thing that would have made me hesitate to say. But I still think it's still in a casual game. We're not talking about. Um, Twilight Struggle. That's exactly what I was trying to think of. <laughs> we're not talking about our Star Wars Rebellion right. or one of these. Like We're talking about games that we I can play in an hour or so. I feel pretty smooth and relaxed when I'm playing. It's That aren't weighted that heavy, that are medium light. And that is Targi. I love Targi. I love the way that you have to line up your Targi in the base of the way you... Say Targi again. ...that you line up your Targi. <laughs> you're going to score points for the way the Targi are lined up. I'm actually annoying myself at now now so I'm done I'm done saying that. But you can't place it, you know, on the same row in front of your opponents. So you're making those decisions and you're hosing each other. You are set collecting, which I'm not a huge set collecting fan, but I just think that it's just such a clever game. Targi is amazing and I love it. What if I told you it was pronounced Targi? I would say that is incorrect. Is it? <laughs> Sorry. I, what an idiot I am. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it is Targi. Uh, I, I I tend to say Targi too, but I I think I acted so wrong. definitive and then I immediately <laughs> <laughs> bailed on it. 
Yeah, uh, I'm, I might be totally wrong, but it seems like uh, I've I've heard people say Targi, but I call it Targi. Oh, I, I say Targi. Maybe I'm wrong. I just said that because you said it so many times, and I wanted to. I just wanted to to make you second guess. Well, there you go. Yourself. Here's something also that I thought about this list that was interesting. Most of these games, like we were talking about overproduced, or which I don't agree with, but these are like $30 or under games. A lot of these yeah. games are $15. Yep. Uh, under $20, a lot of them. So that's another cool thing. Like if you're if you're someone that doesn't want to spend $60 for a new game, I think, I mean, I haven't played all on Dean's list, but I played several and I really enjoy the ones he mentioned, except for Shot and Totten. I would, I would stay away from that. As far as possible. <laughs> I'm kidding. Try that line instead. I think a lot of yeah, it's so different. I I do think that a lot of people um will, would like that game though. So don't take my thoughts with a grain of salt. I guess. But man, I mean, so many of these are so quick to pick up. Yeah. So easy to pick yeah. up. Eighteen dollars. Twenty twenty two dollars. You know. I wanna I wanna throw this out there just real quick so we're not you know belaboring all this. But I I think that I mentioned at the beginning that this was a really tough list for me. Um, Patchwork could have easily been on this list for me. Hive mm. was just outside of this list. I thought list. Hive would be on there for uh, tar- Targi is, uh, <laughs> or Targi. Targi is, uh, for me, it didn't make the list because I I just felt like I wanted to keep my games under 30 minutes, but I really, really enjoy that game as well. But it could have, it could have, very easily made my list, but there's there's tons of games that that really could have made this list that didn't. Spirits of the Wild is one that you know I that was, that was actually kind of close for me because of how quick that game plays and how super casual. I really like Spirits of the Wild. Yeah, and then Caverna and, and Agricola, two players. Yeah, I like it. I like yep. I like that as well. Um, dang it, I'm really drawing a mind blank. But there are definitely a lot that I was you know sitting back thinking. Um, I really like um, what's that card space game that I cannot believe that I'm drawing a blank on it right now. Oh, oh, uh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my gosh, we're both. Oh no, Star Realms. Star Realms. Star Realms. That's a good little game. That's a yeah. fun game. Yeah. Uh, so th- I mean, there's a ton of these games that are just really great that you don't have to spend a ton of money on. Yeah. There's also so several two-player games that were in my top fifty list. Memoir Forty Four. I didn't put that on here because it seems a step above that casual. Because there's a lot of it's. It's a quick game, thirty minutes, but the the rules are a little heavier. Baseball highlights is one that I obviously love a ton, but when you're playing a tournament, it's not a casual thing necessarily. It takes a, a decent amount longer. So, um, dice masters probably takes too long for being in this category. But there's lots of two player games that I love, and we would we'll probably do another list down the road where we're talking about heavier two player yeah. games. Yeah, yeah, so. for sure. All right, well, that is going to do it. John, tell people how they can get in touch with us. I thought that you, I, <laughs> I was going to say that you were fumbling your words, I thought, for a minute. And as I'm saying that, I'm fumbling my words out of my mouth. Nailed it. So, uh, nailed it. <laughs> all right. So, we are on, of course, iTunes and Stitcher and all that. So, I want to say this first. I just want to reiterate what Dean said earlier. Like, any time that you could do a review is just so helpful. And we really, for two guys that just do this for fun... It does mean a lot. It really yep. does. So we do appreciate that. But we are, have a YouTube channel, which we would love if you would subscribe to that. That would help us out a lot as well. Just search Meepletown on YouTube. Search Meepletown Games on Twitter, on Instagram, on uh, Facebook. We're all on the, on all of those. And we're Board Game Geek Guild uh, 3407 if you want to get in on some of the guild conversation. So... What do you think, Dean? Yep, that is going to do it for episode number 24. Thanks for coming down to Meepletown. Town.